Hey everybody, today we're going to be talking about loneliness during COVID-19. This one's going to be more of like a heart-to-heart conversation where, you know, we talk about our feelings. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and less of like, you know, technical self-improvement kind of content because we feel like it's important to talk about stuff like this, especially at a time when so much is, you know, impacting our mental health. Anyways, without further ado, let's get started. A very timely topic, um, definitely to be discussing. And, you know, honestly, I feel like this isn't something that's just relevant during these times. Mm-hmm. It's just something that's become a lot more evident. Like, usually it's something, that, you know, that's a lot more invisible that people don't really pay as much credence to. But mm-hmm. a lot of people have been feeling the effects, of, you know, not being able to go out and hang with their boys, hang with their girls, um, you know, go out for those sushi dates. Oh yeah, the sushi days. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know about you, but like I- I've been feeling it too. Like I've been lucky enough to, I guess I've been deemed like an essential worker. Like I've still been going to work. Yeah. Um, and like I've been able to have social. It's interesting that you that. said lucky enough to be deemed an essential worker. If anything, I would think that's unlucky. But you're right in this context, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Like we keep the world running. Shout out to the essential workers. Yeah, no, that's true. Honestly, yeah, like I'm, I'm definitely not an essential worker. I'm starting to realize that like, you know, I could pass away right now and like, oh, the chill, world, the world chill, is chill, Gucci, chill. bro. <laughs> nah, that nah, was a way but... different conversation. <laughs> um, But no, like even still like, not being able to like, meet up with my friends, you know, like, those mm. are the times you cherish and I can't wait till I can start making more memories like that again. But, you know, like you know, we're here to today to talk about this invisible loneliness epidemic epidemic that's been kind of eating away at us behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's I think a lot of people are now just fed up with where everything's at. Like, I don't know, like a lot of people have been really willing to break quarantine, and we got to be really cognizant about how and careful about how we you know handle this situation. So, yeah, we're hoping that. Through this episode, I suppose that we can be a bit of, of like a voice for your, your concerns. We can mm-hmm. say like, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's easier, it's more powerful to be able to understand how you're feeling it when other people are able to verbalize it in a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't really know how you're feeling. Um, and like, it is only when somebody else calls you out on it you really Mm -hmm. start to understand like oh shit that's me you know like i'm in that tweet yeah definitely i think yeah it's it's important to realize that these feelings are universal like it's not just you that's feeling this a lot of people are feeling it and i think Mm -hmm. to an extent we're trying to remind ourselves of that too you know what i mean like like i feel so lonely bro (laughs) and it's (laughs) and it's important to realize that like everyone else feels like this too it's not just me and it's like it's okay you know to validate that and to like continue to move on but yeah i just want to bring attention to something you Mm -hmm. said uh, the loneliness epidemic is what you said. I think it's a really, really cool concept. Um, so basically, um, like I was reading an article recently and the, the loneliness epidemic is something that researchers have actually cited. Um, and there was a 2018 survey. I don't know if you read the same survey by the Kaiser, Kaiser Family Foundation, uh, where experts discovered that about 22% of Americans, uh, you know, well, this is Canada, but we'll, we'll include Americans in our reach. Uh, say that they constantly feel alone. Such prolonged feelings of isolation can come with serious health problems, both mental and physical. 
Feelings of isolation are often associated with depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. Doctors have also found that people who are lonely tend to have increased blood pressure, weaker immune systems, and more inflammation throughout the body. So super, super interesting concept. We talked about this pre- previously a little bit when we discussed things like uh, there were blue zones, I think they were called. Um, but just the, the idea of, you know, like so many other factors affecting your physical health and your longevity, not just, you know, like the classics that we think about in terms of like exercise and, and eating right and sleeping right, but also like, you know, your your spiritual well-being and like, your, you know, your social relationships and things like that. And it's becoming so important i think because like right now we're kind of in we are already kind of in a loneliness epidemic this survey is from like 2018 and now you know i'm sure that COVID is just like exacerbating that situation so it's something that i think is a really really important topic like we shouldn't just like gloss over it and think like oh you know people are feeling lonely like it's whatever like i think it's a a really really important topic to talk about and to sort of like recognize its validity as well mm-hmm. um i mean it really shows it's something i really um come to understand is like the value of community in times like this mm-hmm. um it's weird because like a lot of people have been seeing that despite the physical distance between them and their friends they feel a lot closer with others mm-hmm. you know like this has been a good opportunity for people to reach out to old friends you know like follow mm-hmm. up on them see how they've been doing now that people mm-hmm. have a more time on their hands um i think that's a really healthy and beautiful way to go about it mm-hmm. um I mean, like, I can't think of anybody who would be, I mean, given that you guys aren't sworn enemies or anything like that, (laughs) if you were to reach out to, like, an old high school friend and just to see, you know, hey, it's been a while, like, how are you doing? How's life been since high school? Blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. I would, you know, that's such a touching and, um, like, heartwarming thing to be able to reconnect with people, to, you know, even think, like, oh, damn, like, this person was thinking about me, Mm -hmm. you know, like, that's one of the healthiest ways or strategies you can implement to kind of make the most out of the, a bad situation and help, you know, like strengthen your circle, um, strengthen the connections that you forge with others and rekindle some of those old lost friendships. Um, mm-hmm. I think I can speak for both of us when I say, you know, we have a lot of really motivated and driven friends um, mm-hmm. around us. And I guess I want to take a second to call some of them out not by name but like by habit so when it comes to people like that you know a lot of them can tend to live life with blinders on you know they have their eyes set on their goal and Mm -hmm. they kind of forego a lot of other things just to um, make a headway towards achieving their goals Mm -hmm. and this you know could look like curbing times with friends just so they can spend more time on that Mm -hmm. and you know, like quarantine has forced us into this space where we aren't always surrounded by the people, um, you know, that we love now. And that lack of relationship is glaring us in our faces. And for those people who, you know, they were relentlessly motivated by their goals, you know, I think now it's like hurting them especially hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this like toxic sense of independence. Like a lot of us can hold, you know, like I'm strong. I don't need anybody else in my mm-hmm. life. You know, like mm-hmm. I can do this myself that is it's it's a pain it's so painful and it's so unnecessarily painful and i truly believe that Mm -hmm. Um, there's so many people that you know they're willing to help you out you know we'll find that you know there are a lot of people you know we always hear you know it's lonely at the top it's lonely (laughs) at the top yeah and you know it it is true to a degree 
Um, and that's kind of like the price you have to pay for unparalleled success. But it doesn't have to be exactly that way. Like, you can take other people up to the top with you. And, you know, as much as some people will be jealous in your life and they'll scorn you, there are others who want to see you succeed. And those mm-hmm. are the people that you want to stay, take up to the top with you. And, like, don't forget them along the way. Like, keep touching base with them. Um, I mean, like, you're, like, one of those people to me. Like, you, you're, you <laughs> like, you know, how, you're crazy. You're doing a lot of crazy no, shit not, in your life. <laughs> and this guy's so humble, bro. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. You're just um, gassing me up, bro. <laughs> He's single, ladies. I am. <laughs> cut that out. Cut that out. Anyway. No, no, no. I'm keeping that in there. You deserve it. Um, but, like, yeah. But, like, I think you really do a good job, too, of, like, touching base with your friends, though. And mm-hmm. um, I love the dynamic, at least, for, like, I don't know what it's, like, directly, like, but at least from what I've heard from you and, like, some of like, your other friends, like, mm-hmm. I love the dynamic that you guys have. You know, it's almost, there's a competitive nature to it, but you guys are always, like, looking out for each other, like. Mm-hmm. it's a healthy way to have that competition mm-hmm. so it's sick um and like that's i think like an ideal circle for people to have and mm-hmm. those are the type of people that you want to be um surrounding yourselves with yeah i mean you hit on so many so many points there but like yeah first off like shout out to my friend group bro like and they know who i'm talking about but like no you're absolutely right like i, I wouldn't say like we're the ideal friend group i'm not gonna like gas us like that but i definitely think that like <laughs> you know i'm super super lucky to be part of the, the group of guys that i'm part of and like you know the the relationships that we have with each other but you know our group dynamic especially is like one that's like very conducive to all of our self growth and like we're all like very like supportive of each other like growing in that way and obviously there is like an element of competition like most of us are in tech and like you know we're like striving for very similar goals but at the same time there's so much support and there's so much like understanding that goes into that as well. And so, yeah, man, honestly, like, like I can't stress that enough, like how much of a support system that is for all of us. Like anytime someone's feeling down, anytime someone goes through something, like they always put in the chat, like, bro, we like every breakup there's, it's always in the chat first, you know? And like, yeah. like, and then everyone's supporting them and stuff. It, it, it's honestly great. But yeah, like there, there's so many things you talked about. And I think one thing that stood out to me is like how, you know, like it's important now more than ever to like kind of step back from some of your goals because especially at this time like a lot of your goals aren't as achievable as they used to be like let's say you're a gym like grind them on you know what i mean like you used to go ham at the gym and like you like you can't do that anymore you know like let's say you used to come to the office early at like 7 a.m every day before anyone came in you value that quiet time like you don't get that anymore you know like so many of our goals have been like kind of roadblocked by this virus like so many people's internships have been canceled like you know some firms have canceled full-time offers like airbnb lyft uber you know ritual like all these huge companies with like great talent have even been canceling or, or like laying off offers and things like that and so it's kind of forcing you to get out of that mindset that like you know it's like goals at all costs and like you know at the cost of your mental health at the cost of your relationships at the cost of your sleep like at the cost of your physical health like all these things because now more than ever like some of those things have to take us back seat and because of those taking a back seat we have so much time to focus on everything else and one of those is exactly. our social relationships and actually like something that like another thing that you said that stood out is and something that i've noticed as well is that I'm actually talking to more people than I was before COVID. Like in terms of just like a sheer number of people, like I don't think those are necessarily the same quality of connections anymore because there's stuff like, you know, you can't go for coffee, you can't go out for lunch, you can't go to the club, things like that. But like um, 
in terms of the sheer number of people I'm talking to, I feel like I'm definitely talking to more people now that COVID started. Um, Like, yeah, just connecting with people that I haven't talked to since high school, like, you know, connecting to people like all over the world through like things like LinkedIn and coffee chats, like just like, I think the big thing is that it's easy to make an excuse and not meet up with someone for lunch or something like that. But it's so hard to say no to a 30 minute video chat. Like there's no (laughs) excuse, you know, you just go to your room and like you call for 30 minutes. There's no setup, you know, like there's no drive there and back. Like there's no awkward, like silence before the food comes. Like it's, it's just a video chat, you know? And like, yeah, it's one-on-one there's like, you know, the face-to-face or whatever that can be a little awkward, but like in general, like it's such little overhead that it's actually resulted in me being able to like, you know, schedule more of these chats and, and talk to more people one-on-one than I've, I've been doing recently, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've had the, yeah, I don't know if you've had the same experience during quarantine. Yeah. I've had a very similar experience and like, yeah, like, like you said that we, now that I have a little more time on my hands, um, I can make more time to spend like talking to other people as well. And I've had some, amazing conversations with people and it's so weird we were kind of talking about this earlier but it seems like the universe kind of just put some very like relevant people in my life relative mm. like relative to like the the place like some of the skills that i want to learn the places i want to be mm-hmm. and it's such a beautiful thing and it's something that i've really come to appreciate over this time and you know this wasn't necessarily where i was anticipating the conversation would head but Man, like I've come to realize, like how we we're, like we we're, we're as like as a species, you know, we're all so similar. Like we share so many similarities. Like you know, mm. we come from different cultures, from different backgrounds. We may look different, but you know, we share the same appendages. We <laughs> yeah, we all got arms, right? Except except for those of you that, who don't have arms, you know, you're you're included as part of us humans as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like, I, I don't. This is honestly breaking my chain of thought, but I have to say it because it just like it fucked with my mind the first time I heard it. Yeah. But you and I, we have a, above the average number of arms. Ooh, ooh, that's that hit me hard. Did, dude. No, yeah, a hundred percent. Because nobody has. Well, not nobody. Nobody well, has like, more than two arms, right? Yeah. Yeah, because like, no. Well, the thing is that and then some, some people, people don't have exactly. Two arms, so yeah, so, so it's that like one point nine 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 nine. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, so that, we have that above is crazy. Number of arms. Yo, then I think we have a below average number of uh, toes because don't bear people have like 12 toes, like six toes on a foot? I don't know about bear people, but then like, again, there are other people missing toes too, right? Oh, that's true. Hmm. So I wonder what the stats the are on the toes. toes. Yeah. It'd be that's interesting crazy. to find that out. But that, that's a great quote. Going back to topic. <laughs> yeah, coming back to the topic. Um, yeah, man. Like, and so, oh, actually, you know what? I've, I'll, um, I'll link it in the description too like you remember the youtube video i sent you like humans that documentary? yes yeah yeah that was great that was great yeah it's so beautiful man because like i've come to really appreciate other people for who they Wait, are why don't we just give the give the listeners a little run through of it oh so okay well the document if anyone's interested um it's called humans um there's like multiple different parts we can start at part one um on youtube and basically they explore different topics and they've interviewed people from around the world like hundreds of people and they've i mean and ranging from all walks of life right so you can get a really diverse array of stories and um, opinions and it's just it's so beautiful because like we're so different but we are all so similar like we all mm-hmm. share so many of the same trials through life the tribulations the ups the downs we may have different words for it 
we mean like yeah we may have different languages for it but it's all the same thing at the end of the day and um yeah so like basically it just goes around and like gathers these stories from people and it's really deep it's very heartwarming and i'm just hoping this is one of the, the things that can come out of um our like experiences in quarantine but i'm hoping that people can come out of this with a deeper sense of compassion for their fellow man yeah no that's super beautiful i, I think quarantine is already doing that in so many different ways like actually like i was listening to a, or like I, I read a really cool article recently that talked about this this like woman who um was facetimed by some random guy by accident like he was trying to reach his family or something and then uh, you know like he was an old guy and he didn't really know how to work like his iphone or whatever and he must have typed in the wrong number or the wrong contact or something and then those two had actually had like an hour-long conversation just talking about like you know their families and like what they were doing during quarantine and things like that like that's right. just so cool like things like that just like make make it sound so cool like i, th- I think definitely like quarantine in some ways has been like the great equalizer and in some ways it hasn't too, right? Like um, I was actually listening to a podcast episode today. I think it's by, it was from, from the New York Times. Yeah, it, I, might be, I might be mistaken, but I'll link it in the description. But essentially the podcast was talking about how quarantine hasn't been the, the great equalizer that we thought it was because, you know, there's, it's actually resulted in so many like economic discrepancies. Like for example, like certain areas of the Hamptons, which is like, you know, rich people, cottage country in, in the U.S., yeah. Same as like, I guess, what would it be here? Like, like Algonquin Park or whatever? Muskoka? <laughs> Skoka, yeah. The oh, Muskoka. Muskoka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is in Canada. But, um, you know, like all the rich people have like fled to their cottage homes because it's like more remote and like less of a right. chance of being infected. And actually grocery stores there are overrun because they're not used to this kind of capacity because nobody's right. ever like at all their cottages. You know what I mean? And so I think it's it's just an interesting conversation. Like, you know, in some ways this has been the great equalizer where like so many more people are relating to like so many situations, like everyone can relate to like, Oh, like, you know, you can't go outside. You can't see your friends, like staying in the same house with your parents and things like that after so long of moving out. Uh, And then, you know, some people have completely wildly different experiences where they're at like, they're like fourth vacation home on their yacht, other $490 million yacht or whatever. Like, yeah. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think of that whole like disparity and like, but at the same time, like togetherness that quarantine is like having. I don't know, it's weird, like, when it comes to money, it's like the conversation always gets skewed, because mm-hmm. if you have money, it's like you're just insulated from the woes of the normal person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, yeah, just, you live a very different life, and you, honestly, if you have the money, you live life by your own rules, so I can't even, like, imagine what, yeah, what quarantine really, like, again, like, it's so we're out here, like, uh, quarantine ourselves, like, in our houses, right? Mm-hmm they're living in like an amusement park could you like uh, i would rather be a quarantine in an amusement park than in just like this little like ho- like house over here mm-hmm. um i don't and, have windows bro <laughs> <laughs> okay, exactly so like they're having like such different um uh experiences like i i can't really speak on that and i i like honestly it wouldn't be fair to like i wouldn't want to like put words in the mouth of a rich person like as much as I want to be able to say that we can kind of like put ourselves in their shoes. Honestly, they're living a completely different life. I can't even imagine what the day to day is compared For to sure. us. Yeah. But you know, like with the like the like the whole topic we're talking about of like deepening connections with others, I think it's important to like remember that loneliness is part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. 
and it's not important and it's not pertinent to fear it and so the only option left is really to like fully embrace it for what it is because you know that loneliness helps us cherish like that love that buds from our relationship with others you know this sharing those moments together with others you know with your boys with your brothers your siblings like it's divine like it's this high and you know this time alone has spent it has really shown me how much i i long for and adore those moments where for example like i'm keeled over and breathless from laughing so hard the tears are flowing oh, down my man. face dude you're making you me know cry. Those laughs? i haven't felt that in so long bro those are the best laughs man oh, like oh my god you can't breathe you sound like a spray bottle you're like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah bro those are the best laughs bro i do that so much i like man Man, those I are can't. the moments like those moments i live for like that's what makes life so worth it and for like sure. i can't wait till i can go about and uh, do that again right um but i think also this is a great time for reflection like mm-hmm. now that we're um at home alone I, some people i'm sure can uh echo the the feel the notion that you know, they feel more alone than others in that because they don't feel like they can have other people to reach out to. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't, they haven't forged those deeper connections. And, you know, I think this is a good moment for reflection. And I'm not saying this is the, this is the answer for it or this is the reason why you may be in that position. But, you know, sometimes it's important to ask yourself, you know, like when it comes to failed relationships with others, like, am I, Am I the obstacle? Like, am I the one that's getting in the way of that, like, blossoming? Because, you know, it's easy to blame other people. Like, oh, like, they just don't like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't click. They're interested in different things. Mm-hmm. But we don't recognize sometimes that we can put up, like, walls and barriers that keep other people from getting close to us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes some vulnerability to be able to tear that down and put yourself in a position to, I don't know, it sounds so cliche, but get hurt by others. Yeah, you know, relationships vulnerable. are messy, man. Relationships are messy, straight up. They always are going to be, you know. There's no point in like making them like insulating yourself from risk and at the risk of like, you know, not Yeah, like people think they're insulating themselves from risk when they're like not opening up or whatever, but in reality, you're just like risking the fact that you're never going to have like that kind of connection with somebody, you know what I mean? And like we're not just talking about like relationships obviously, but like friendships, like any kind of relationship really. Absolutely. Like, there needs to be like a give and take, you know, like it's not transactional in that sense. It's like, you know, you need to be open with somebody, you need to be able to like talk about yourself and things like that. And I think I really like what you said about reflection. Like, you know, I think I mentioned this before, but being really intentional about your connections and things like that, being really intentional about your social circles, now more than ever, I think that's a it's like a great way to do that because you're not forced to talk to anybody, you know, like you don't have to talk to somebody in the elevator on the way to work. Like you don't have to like talk to someone at the gym. Cause you see them at the gym all the time. Like you don't have to talk to someone on the bus. Cause you take the bus with them all the time. Like now more than ever, you don't have to talk to your friends at, at that class. Right. That always sit next to you. Right. Exactly. You are in charge of being intentional about who you're connecting with right now. You know, you get to choose who you talk to and yeah, it's just like a great time to actually reflect on the connections you have in your life and think about, what value they're adding to you and what value you're adding to them. And if that like isn't lining up properly, like maybe you should take this as a cue to like kind of, you know, step back from that relationship or put your energy somewhere else where, you know, it might be more valuable. Mm -hmm. And like also if, I mean, for those people who 
even from the beginning, they could not stand quarantine and they really thought it was a wise decision to break it and put other people at danger. You know, if you like, let's not talk people, about those guys. We're not shutting those guys up. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to give them that attention, that soapbox. But like, yeah, I think it's important to like understand if you know being by yourself. If you're by yourself and you're bored, or well, not necessarily like moment to moment, but like if it's a constant, persistent thing where you know you're by yourself and you're bored, or you just hate that time, you know you need to find better company. Which is to say, like you really need to work on your relationship with yourself because mm. like if you can't spend that like some of the greatest moments in life have to be spent by yourself and like like what you know like i'm just so when you can i'm, I'm just asking because like for those who are listening i'm horrible at being alone i'm like the world's worst person at being alone it's something i'm definitely trying to work at and all honesty mm. like Quarantine has been super tough for me for that reason. But yeah, sorry, continue. It's harder for, because like, you're a natural extrovert, right? Like you feed yeah. off of that time. Definitely, yeah, 100% others. am, yeah. And so, okay, so it's weird because like, there's this, there's this, um, I guess like trade-off between being an introvert and an extrovert. So obviously like an introvert, we can tend to suffer in those social interactions, but we thrive in that, like in the time by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And like it's the opposite for the extroverts, right? Um, But like understanding that the time that I spelt, spent with myself and, like, you know, doing that reflection, it's helped me to build so much more self-esteem in myself because, like, I've come to understand how I work and, like, how I operate. And, you know, maybe, like, as an extrovert, you can come to uh, come to this, like, same answer or to that same realization through, like, your interactions with others as, like, a different mode of getting to that same answer. But, you know, that time spent in reflection where you kind of just focus on your own thoughts and re- thinking about how you think about different things and even like if you find that if you're by yourself and all the thing all that's going through your head is like toxic thoughts mm-hmm. that's you know that's symptomatic of something that's a little like worse something a little deeper there that you need to address mm-hmm. um but i really think that you know there's so much value to be had in the moments that you spend by yourself mm-hmm. um especially considering that you can't always be around the people that you want to right yeah and, now more than ever is like showing that right yeah exactly and like who being around people you hate is even worse like nothing yeah like, um so i think it's a good opportunity again like to do some reflection in that and like how you're mentioning with like deepening connections with others too like everyone is shy that's something that okay other than fraud like everyone is shy <laughs> no, 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 no 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 i'm definitely shy around <laughs> around certain people you know what i mean um, I was shy yeah. around you when I first met. No, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a lie, bro. Why are you capping? <laughs> um, but this is something. Yo, honestly, shout out to my introverts because like, this is something that I've come to understand. Everybody is shy, and other people are waiting for you, for you to introduce yourself to them and start up that conversation. Send them that email. You know, ask them on that date. You know, take that leap. And you will be so pleasantly surprised. Like, I will guarantee you that. Okay, maybe the date might not always, like, work out. Like, <laughs> maybe that coffee like, chat, too. Some of those coffee chats have been working out. Sometimes. But, you know, sometimes it's a numbers game. But I guarantee you, looking at it holistically, you will be so pleasantly surprised at how receptive people are to that. Um, I think people are so receptive. And, like, they're actually grateful when other people show interest in them. Mm-hmm. And the more interested you are in others, the more interesting they will find you too. So this is this positive sum game, you know. Mm-hmm. And I actually did have a quote for this episode. Now that no way, let's go, let's go. Okay, the okay, quote master so, strikes again. Um, 
it was from Mark Brackett, but I can't remember what his book was. Um, but we'll the quote link, was, "We'll link it in the description." Yeah. Yeah. So, it is one of the great paradoxes of the human condition. We ask some variation of the question, "How are you feeling?" over and over, which would lead one to assume that we attach some importance to it, yet we never expect or desire or provide an honest answer. Damn. And, you know, I just want to read that out one more time. It is one of the greatest paradoxes of the human condition that we ask some variation of the question, how are you feeling, over and over, which which would lead one to assume that we attach some importance to it, yet we never expect or desire or provide an honest answer. I mean, Man. like, that's the thing, right? Like, it's like a pleasantry. We just exchange with others. Like, yo, what's up? You know, how you been? Whatever. Mm-hmm. But we don't really want that honest answer. We don't want to have to dive into that, you know? Yeah, and we, we also don't provide that, you know? Like, we're yeah. never the ones to, like, actually honestly tell someone how, how we're feeling, you know? Like, we don't want to be vulnerable, and we don't want somebody to be vulnerable on us because that puts us in a position you know, to do the same thing. And it, it kind of builds that expectation. And I think it's so important to like, just like let go of those expectations, you know, like don't expect things from conversations that you're not willing to give other people and be willing to give a lot more in your conversations. Like, yeah, I, th- I think a lot of this is just going back to like, not thinking transactionally about interactions, you know, like for sure, like for taking sure. for granted these human interactions, like, no, like, I think that's so, you know, I'm, I'm regretting that so much now because there's so many interactions that I, I'm looking back and I'm like, fuck, I would kill to be able to have that conversation right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, man, like I would literally bring social, no, I'm joking. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, there's so many conversations where like, you know, looking back on it, it's like I could have taken advantage of that so hard and like let it down a certain way if like I hadn't been self-conscious about the way I was feeling or if I had listened a little better. And yeah, I hope we can all go forward you know, after quarantine is done and have those better conversations and really be able to connect with people. And I hope when people like ask you, how was your quarantine? Like, you know, you're honest with them and, and through your honesty, you're able to connect on a deeper level with like shared feeling that all of us have had. You know, when people ask me how quarantine's going, I tell them, bro, it's been ass. It sucks. <laughs> I hate being alone. I, I'm not happy living with my family in my mom's house. Like it's not the gra- greatest. Like I, I'm not going to cap. Like it's, there are a lot of things I'd rather be doing. I wish I was at work. I wish I was, I wish there was some sunlight in Canada, bro. Oh man. Like today we had some, but it was a beautiful day. It was, but yeah. Like sunny weather, (laughs) shout out sunny weather. Hopefully that that weather can sponsor us and we can get some good podcast episodes. I hope so. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I I was just saying like, yeah, I hope we can really go forward and take some lessons from this. And I think self-reflection is definitely the way to go. But yeah, beautiful quote. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, like I, I thought it was just an important one to share because like I, it's again, it's one of those things we don't really think about. It's just mm. become this, yeah, it's become this transactional thing, and it's almost like expected of us. Like it's so weird because like, I, at a certain level, like it's almost it's not necessarily rude, but it's almost like thoughtless if you don't ask someone like, oh, how you been? Mm-hmm. But we don't really care for their answer. It's more so just so we can get that out of the way. It's just exchanging that pleasantry, right, bro? Small talk yeah. is so horrible, man. Like I'm trying to move away from small talk so hard. I've been doing a lot of it recently in my coffee chats. And, man, every time I, I exchange small talk, I just am reminded of how useless it is, how how like it really so gets people ass. nowhere. Like, yeah, there is something to be said about, you know, establishing comfort and rapport before, like, yeah. asking somebody what, what, like, their deepest, darkest secrets are. But, man, like, there are better ways to do it than small talk. And, actually, 
I might like this too, but I was reading like a resource on like, you know, how, how to ask better questions in conversation, how to become, how to become like, you know, a better conversationalist and, and ask questions that elicit answers that you actually want to hear. Like how you doing is, isn't an answer or like, doesn't lead to an answer you want to hear. And everybody knows that there's like been built this expectation that like, how you doing is something we say to somebody, but like nobody really cares about the answer. And it's like asking things that you actually want to hear the answers to, but also allow you to have a better conversation. And that's something I've I've been trying to implement a lot more in my life, like asking better questions and like really figuring out like, what is it I want to get out of this person? You know, like not like transaction in that sense, but like, you know, what is the point of us talking in the first place? Like it's not just to like, you know, pass time. Like if I'm talking to you, it means like I value you as a human being. And like, I value your input on things. I value your thoughts on things. Or like, I want to learn more about you. And asking those like better questions, I think, is an essential skill that everybody what should. What makes you tick? That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are, so what no, are some? He, what are some questions? Oh yeah, my bad. <laughs> <That's not good. laughs> I was just gonna say, um, from our last like networking episode, yeah, um, there was like the resource that we shared, um, with the the different like conversation openers at networking events. Yeah. Um, I thought that, again, like, I just wanted to, like, reiterate, I thought those were some beautifully crafted questions. They which, were, they were. Yeah, which are, which is a really powerful way to skip the small talk and cut straight to, like, some, that interesting meat of the conversation. Mm-hmm. I think especially at a networking event where, like, you're there predicated on the fact that, you know, you're both working professionals in the same industry. Like, it's a lot mm-hmm. easier to connect on that similar interest. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. So, mm-hmm. I cut you off, though. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to ask, like, what are, you know, what are some questions you found, like, outside of those networking questions that you mentioned, or, like, what are some ways you try and direct a conversation to something more meaningful rather than just something like small talk? Oh, yeah. So, I, there's some probing questions that I use, and, again, I, I have to get a feel for, like, the person to see which would be, would be, like, kind of best, but, you know, everyone's, I, I'd like to think everyone's passionate about something. And you big know, assumption to make. I, I yeah, know, hopefully that's the case. But yeah, this is so. Okay, so the way I look at it is that everyone is passionate about something. They just may not. Ne- they just may not necessarily have found that yet. Mm. So for the thing, for example, like the thing that somebody's passionate about may not even exist yet today. Like, could you like Damn. if you were alive a couple decades ago, maybe your passion was VR, and you know VR is just a really novel technology, right? Mm-hmm. so didn't exist 20 years ago yeah exactly but now that it's like kind of sprung up and the people that are in that space you know like it's still a very esoteric thing and the people that are in there like are i would like to think are like still super passionate about that right mm-hmm. um so similarly there's some things that are, haven't even yet arisen that people are, are passionate about so if not at least passion i'd like to think people are like interested in a slew of different things that's a beautiful way of thinking about it yeah and it's so looking at it like that and understanding or coming from the place that, you know, this person knows something that I don't and trying to figure out what that thing is um, helps me to kind of navigate that conversation in a way that it becomes a little more like fun for both parties because mm-hmm. it shows, you know, like both parties are more engaged in that conversation. Mm-hmm. But what about you? Do you have any um, any such strategies? No, that that's a great one for sure. Like getting to what people are actually passionate about. I think it's like, honestly, it's a reframing of a lot of things we already ask. And, you know, I'm just thinking back to one thing that works really, really well for me. And I do this, honestly, I do this until like March, which is pretty late. But I always ask like after New Year's, like in January, February, March, I'm always like, you know, 
what was like the thing you're most proud of from last year or what was the hardest moment of last year or what was something you overcame or you know what was the happiest moment the best moment or like your highest lowest moment and things like that like really forcing people to reflect and i think those are some of the best conversations I've ever had. And I honestly overdo it. Like I do it until March. It's definitely not New Year's in March. But <laughs> even like, you know, asking like, oh, like from your previous co-op term, like what do you think was the biggest thing you took away from it? Or like, you know, at what point did you feel like you were just like a complete failure, you know? And like it depends on how comfortable you are with somebody, obviously, to be able to mm-hmm. ask something like that. But questions that seriously make you reflect and give you answers that aren't just like scripted answers. Like if you're asked something like that, chances are you haven't been asked that recently. And it's not something you can script and just rotely say, like, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm blessed, right? Like, it's something you're actually going to have to, like, look back through your memory banks and, like, think about critically, you know? And really take, like, you have to, like, kind of, it's it's a, a process in self-identification, you know? Yeah. Like, and I think, like, at the risk of, you know, being crass, like, dating is, like, the perfect, like scenario for this like when you when you're dating somebody and you're asking questions or like you know in a, in a scenario for like a romantic relationship what you're really trying to do is trying to figure out who that person is you know like on, on a yeah. more fundamental level and doing that can only come from them and for them to do that they have to self-define as well and so it's kind of like the image you want to present to somebody else right and going through that process i think is like such a inherently self-reflective process but also just such a cool thing to witness as like a third party you know like you're really seeing somebody like not psychoanalyze themselves but like look through their experiences and like figure out like what makes them them and what they want and what they choose to say to you too right and there's a difference right like they're, they're choosing to say that to you and the conversation might not always be the same with somebody else and i think that's really cool so but i think that's why like self reflection is also really important in those situations because like you said, you know, some these sometimes like people are too absorbed and like preoccupied with trying to hold up the image that they think other people hold them in. And, you know, trying to like this facade, you know, like I am like I'm supposed to be the the um thick skinned entrepreneur. You know, or like mm. I'm supposed to be this, you know, th- this elite academic, whatever. Like trying to keep up that appearance and mm-hmm sometimes people get too caught up in that and they don't really give a genuine answer because they're too occupied with trying to sound smart or like wise or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think the, like, you know, the, and that's a habitual thing. Like if you're doing it then, like typically it's a habitual thing. Yeah. It's but instinctive. I think that's so... Like it's our instinct to protect our identity. Yeah. yeah. But, and, and you know, it, I understand where it comes from, but like engaging that self-reflection can at least help you be more honest with yourself about where that uh, answer is coming from. Definitely. And I also think that identity is such a, like, an ephemeral, ephemeral, ephemeral. That's yeah. like, bro, I always, I always pronounce that wrong, but ephemeral is such an ephemeral thing. A beautiful word, too. Yeah, it is. That. But, like, yeah, identity is literally, like, when you think about it, identity doesn't exist at all. You know, like, mm-hmm. we're, we're saying that we're this person. We're saying that we've had these experiences. And we have had these experiences, maybe, but in the present moment like none of that is real like it's just myths that we're telling ourselves it's just memories that we're recounting and you know as you know when you recount memories you like in the process of transcribing them from your memory you're altering them in some way mm-hmm. you know like there's a lot of science behind this like the more the memories you recall the most are probably like the the memories that are the most faulty because you, you've like had to rewrite them and and read them so from fr- yeah. yeah so many times yeah exactly um but yeah identity is just like another myth we tell ourselves and it's a useful myth you know we, we need some kind of consistency in our identity exactly. in order to 
like function as human beings. Like we need to know that we don't like this food and, you know, we like this other food and like, we need to have like sort of continuity there. But I think what people forget is that because identity is ephemeral, it's also mutable. And that's like such an, such an important thing to think about. Like when you're going through that process of self-identifying and like really honing in on who you are and like explaining that to somebody else, it's important to remember that you get to choose that. It's a decision you're making. It's not something that is a result of all your circumstances. It is a result of your circumstances. And obviously it is a result of things that are out of your control. But at the end of the day, how you define those things is something that is in your control. And giving somebody that element of control over their story, I think is just such a cool thing to do and to see, like seeing what they do with that, you know? For sure. And like even to just to challenge that for a second too is what even is your identity? You know, like you have this notion of who you are yeah, and then exactly. other people have this notion of who they think you are. Right, yeah. And those things aren't always congruent. Mm-hmm. So you exist as a different version of you in every person that meets you. Mm-hmm. And it's never the same. It's never fully the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like that's such an interesting thing because then like your perspective of who you are is the only really truly consistent thing that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I have another quote. Okay, know? let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> so... I can't remember who said it, but I am not who I think I am. I am not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. Wait, repeat that? Repeat that one more time? So, yeah, I am not who I think I am. Yeah. I am not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. Ooh. So, my identity is based on your my perception of your perception of me. So what I think you see me as, I'm basically falling into that role. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for people who have this weak self-identity, sense of self-identity, it's easy for you to kind of be molded by other people's perceptions of you. And you fall prey to their expectations of you, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, like engaging in the self-reflection is important because you get to decide for yourself who you are and who you want to mm-hmm. be rather than letting your life be dictated by somebody else. Yeah, and I think one of the key things from that quote is like it is a positive feedback loop, right? Like the more you start to ascribe responsibility of your identity to somebody else and the more that happens, the more they're able to define you, the more they define you, the more you define yourself as what they're defining you as, you know, to get kind of meta. But yeah, the (laughs) idea is like, you know, the the more control you relinquish to other people, the more that starts controlling you, you know, and like it's yeah, always exactly. a positive experience to be able to like take that into your own hands and like be really intentional about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy thing to discuss too with loneliness, man. Like, cause the thing is like when you're lonely, like when you're alone and when you don't have people to define that for you, you, you start to have to do that yourself, you know, like you start to have to start defining those key characteristics of yourself. And I think that's an exercise so many people are going through and like, Honestly, like, if I'm going to be a little vulnerable, like, it's one of the exercises that I'm trying to do. Like, you know, how am I defining myself without my productivity? How am I defining Mm -hmm. myself without waking up in the morning, going to the gym and going to work, right? Without those elements of my day, like, who am I, you know? Like, am I still as valuable as I used to be? Like, is my self-worth my productivity, right? Like, Mm. and, and questions of, like, that have been, like, going through my head so much with this, like, whole situation. And I think it's, yeah, like... I don't like I haven't I haven't reached the answers to that you know and I think to some extent you know I started doing more during quarantine because I felt like I was losing my identity and like Mm. I wanted to like kind of clutch onto that image of productivity that other people had of me and like it was like a self-fulfilling prophecy in that sense like the more productive I was the more self-worth I had the more I could identify myself as a productive person right 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm just talking at this I point. Know, no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Honestly, thank you for sharing that though. But yeah. it's like it's been a great like you recognize that though that like, you can see for sure. That I've seen exactly all. The, there's so many Insta stories of people talking about it too. Honestly, that's what kind of got me thinking about. It. I was like, wait, you know, am I my productivity or am I just a person who's productive? And the, are those right. separate things? Yeah. See, I mean, that's what we're hoping to kind of like do with this um, podcast episode. I guess get people thinking about that. And oh, I so I saw this thing online. Um, but this person was saying how, you know, life isn't a sprint. It isn't even a marathon. Life is a relay race. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's like a beautiful way to think about it because, you know, that's the idea of bringing other people up with you. You know, we're all on the same team. There doesn't need to be this us versus them if you can have compassion for your like fellow person. Mm-hmm. You know, when, like the next time you see someone who's like cranky, don't make dispositional um, assumptions about them. You know, maybe something went terrible in their life that day. You know, maybe they got laid off from their job. Like who knows what. Yeah. And you know, maybe like once this is all done and you're oh actually another like huge thing is that it's the it's weird. Like as we get older it get it seems like it gets harder to make friends. Mm. You know what I mean? Like and as an adult, like a lot of people I think struggle with that. Like how do you make new friends as an adult? Yeah, yo, this is gonna like for the listeners, we're definitely doing a topic or an episode on this topic in and of itself. It's something I've been worrying about a lot. And actually, it came from a conversation I had with a good friend of mine who's like, you know, now secured her like full time job and things like that. And it's in a completely different city. And she was talking to me and we we're like, you know, how am I going to meet people I fuck with? You know, like not just like on a obviously like superficial level in terms of similar interests and things like that, but on a philosophical level, how do you meet people when you're like going to work for like nine hours a day? And, you know, you're busy on the weekends and things like that. And, like, you spend your evenings with your SO. Like, how do you meet people that are are just friends that you, like, fuck with on a spiritual level, on, like, a philosophical level? And, like, how do you actually... Yeah, I mean, if anyone has any tips on that, please let me know because that's a problem I'm going to have to go through. And I haven't, I haven't found the solution. Like, I think there's things like Meetup and, like, you know, obviously you can video chat people if it's quarantine and things like that. But I think it's... It, it is such a like organic process when we're in school and things like that because we we're with people that you know have similar financial backgrounds, similar educational status to us, and and we're like forced to kind of you know go through these like rites of passage in a sense, like these classes, these like events, like Frosh Week or whatever. And like there's so many avenues to meet people and things like that, but that's not really the case when you become an adult. And like also you know as you have more relationships, like the marginal benefit of adding that additional relationship does somewhat decrease. You know what I mean? Um, and you already have to maintain so many connections that you have in your life. Like there is a limit to um, like how many human connections and relationships a person can have. Like, I think there, there's some interesting anthropology work done behind this, but it's like, you know, the, the limit of connections you can have in a tribal system that are like purely like one-on-one relationship space. And like Facebook has done some interesting research into this too with like, you know, with friends and things like that. Like how many friends can you have until the quality of your friendship degrades on Facebook or mm-hmm. something like that? It's pretty interesting. That's yeah. actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, but I do have a pretty solid life pro tip for that though. Yeah, what's up? Um, and this is powerful both with old friends and with new friends. But one thing that will never fail that people always appreciate is treating someone to a meal. Oof. Yeah. Because that's such a great way. Like already like, people feel so like grateful for that experience and they're more willing to you know open up and have a conversation you know like yeah 
people like if you buy me food, I will love you. No, straight yeah. up, I will love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, it's such a great way to you know for for most people, you know, the best way to their heart is through their stomachs. Yeah, no, so. that's beautiful, and and that just brings me to the last point I had in my notes. Actually, I didn't have a whole lot of notes for this because it's going to be a heart to heart, but mm-hmm. um, just a suggestion for anyone still listening at the end of our episode: buy somebody food, bro. It's still it's quarantine, but Uber Eats still exists, man. Like, do something nice for your friends. Like, mm-hmm. I just man, the other day my little sister's friend brought her bubble tea, and I was like, man, that is the the purest thing I've seen <laughs> in so long. Like, that's just such a great thing to do for a friend. Like, keep in mind that you know you're apart, and maybe like you don't have time to like video chat every day one on one with your close friends and things like that. But man, yeah. there's still things you can do and be creative about that. And you know we're gonna get through this loneliness together. You know, for sure um yeah just like i guess like one more point too and i got this from um kevin kelly's i guess memoir from his 68th birthday um, yeah. he published a list of um 68 tips yeah and like i love this so much i made the post about this as well and like we'll definitely link this in the description as well because i think i truly think that there is so much raw value to be gained from this just for, for so many different domains in life mm-hmm um, but one thing that he keeps harping on is how you really need to optimize your generosity. You know, like nobody in the deathbed has ever regretted giving too much away. And friends are so much better than money. Like almost anything money can do, friends can do better. Mm-hmm. And he likes to put the example, like in so many ways, a friend with a boat is better than owning a boat. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, like it's, that there's that thing you know like the only thing you can take with you in death is your reputation so be known for being that guy that anyone can go to or that girl that anyone can go to to you know that that they're always there they're reliable they're that rock that foundation that always gives solid advice and who will always buy you bubble tea oh yes yes man good way to end it i think it's a yeah absolutely honestly just do do as much as you can for your friends because everyone needs it right now Mm-hmm. Yeah. and spread some love for sure I cool hopefully this episode has made you a little bit less lonely hearing our voices maybe maybe it hasn't and that's okay too feel free to schedule a coffee chat with either of us and we would love to chat sometime but yeah, I'll alleviate <laughs> some of that loneliness exactly we're both lonely too so we'd be we'd, be, we'd love to have some some human contact every so I say shout out shout out all those single shorties <laughs> what is a single shorty as well hey pause wait what about you bud <laughs> Hey, that's a that's a topic for another episode. Okay, okay, okay. We have to cut it now. <laughs> David Shorty's gonna get cheese. Anyway, all right, easy, everyone. <laughs>